Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first-year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help you employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation, we discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. You're listening to the Everything Podcast, podcast episode 14. Hey, Nicole, how are you? I'm good. I'm super excited for our upcoming holiday break. How are you feeling? I am feeling so good and so ready for some time with the family, some time away from the classroom, you know, things. Yes. And I'm looking at you through our video chat here and you look super comfy in your little winter sweater. Really excited to just be home and relax for a bit. I think that everybody gets really excited before any break, any break of any length. But I feel like the two that are the most difficult are that long winter break before the like Christmas, New Year's season, and obviously the long break before the summer. Yes. (laughs) Very good point. Yes. And I will say I have a countdown for both just quietly to myself. So (laughs) there is one teacher at our school not to name names, who I am pretty sure has a active countdown of how many days remain in the school year from like the first week of school. Oh boy. (laughs) That he advertises very publicly. (laughs) It's an interesting message to send the kids. Um, Well, he kind of includes them with that. Kind of like a, we're in this together. Just this many more days. Okay. All right. (laughs) And if you're following us on Instagram, you know that we do have a little countdown going on along with the rest of the Instagram teachers out there who are all sort of in this together, working towards that final bell, whether it's this coming Friday or you have a little bit more time. This is a very exciting time of year. And it always amuses me that the kids never seem to realize that the teachers are also excited to go on a break. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Never ceases to amaze me that they just don't come to that realization. Maybe one day. Right, right. So Associated with this time of year, we have a lot of exciting things. We also have a lot of stress in the classroom. Absolutely. And not just us, but the kids. Yeah, this is a busy time. It's usually a time where people are trying to consider the year end, the calendar year end goals that they have for their classroom. And that could mean a lot more work for students and a lot more work for teachers. Yeah, as especially if some of the teachers are trying to get in that last minute test before break, so that way they can get all of those things graded. So there might be a lot of uh, competing deadlines that students are dealing with. Uh, if you're listening to this in real time with the holiday season right around the corner, people are often distracted by, you know, holiday shopping, which we've talked about recently. Uh, there are just a, a lot of things. Although I think we were both in agreement about this time of year and and all of the feelings that we might have in the classroom, maybe even at home and preparing for what we have to do. It's important to recognize the ways that we can use these next couple of days before our break in a way that is uh, helpful to the students and keeping them on track and keeping them working, but also for us to help to find some more structure in our classrooms and to ensure that we're still enforcing those classroom management techniques that we worked really hard to create from the beginning. Yeah, I think classroom management is so challenging at this time of year when there are so many other things that we have on our minds and making sure that we keep consistent with all of those things, I think leads us perfectly into our list of 
the the do's and don'ts of what to do with that class time before winter break or any other break you're going to go yeah. on. So do you want to start us off with our first do and don't, Danielle? Okay. So you already alluded to this, but the first uh, one on our don't list is don't ignore the rules that you've had all year. I think that if you've had that bathroom policy in place all year, even if it's the day before break, don't all of a sudden start making exceptions. I agree a hundred percent. A lot of the time students will come in with fun treats for the class, or maybe they have a, mm-hmm. some kind of costume or accessory or things that are really distracting and kids get really yeah. riled up about things like that. And it's easy to, okay, you know, we're going to spend some time enjoying whatever this thing is. And that can really take away from your authority in the classroom. And it can take away from a yeah. lot of the work that you're trying to get done. And it might set the precedent that when they get back, they can get away with things. Absolutely. We do not want that. Not at all. I remember uh, you recently posted in our Facebook group about what is the most challenging thing that happens this time of year. Oh, yeah. The most challenging thing. I said, fill in the blank. The most challenging part of this time of year for teachers. And my favorite comment was from you, Danielle, reminding students <laughs> that they are not already on winter break. <laughs> because some of them, they're like, it's close enough. I feel like I've heard that protest almost every single day. And I think if you anticipate that, especially as you are keeping up with your rules and making sure that even if it's not the same structure that you always give your class in terms of like a do now and then this and then that, at least keeping the rules consistent is the way to go. Totally, completely. So how about those do's? Okay. Well, I think that you do a particularly good job of the first do on our list about customs. So why don't we go ahead and talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are planning to discuss whether the new year, maybe a holiday in particular around this time of year, or maybe even a religious holiday, being sensitive and making sure that you are representative of not just your own or maybe the majority of your school's culture or religion, but being sure that you have sensitivity towards that and the varying cultures and customs and beliefs that your students and their families represent. So I teach Spanish in the high school setting. And for me, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of materials all about celebrating Christmas around the world and what it means in different Spanish cultures. And it's Mm -hmm. great to be able to provide that for students. But I also have a number of students who don't celebrate Christmas. And for that, you also have to make sure that whether you're decidedly teaching, you know, another holiday around this time of year, maybe instead it's providing a lesson that is more inclusive, maybe doing something about the Mm -hmm. new year and setting goals and doing things that would allow for students to all join in on the conversation. You certainly don't want to block anyone out or make anyone feel that they just can't be a part of the classroom discussion at this time, because as mm-hmm. you may have experienced, Danielle, I know a lot of my students love talking about all the things that they're excited to do and excited to get as a gift and just things that mm-hmm. go along with this. And it's it can be a little competitive for our high schoolers as well. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I think most of us associate, especially the holiday season, with a lot of joy, Definitely. right? But that's not the case for everybody. So true. Recently, we posted on Instagram a story from We Are Teachers, which recognizes that For so many students, this time of year is really, really challenging. Not having the structure of the classroom, not having the undivided attention of the teacher and the love that they get in school, maybe even a full meal. There's a lot to consider with this, and you have to make sure that you are really sensitive to what students are dealing with at home, and whether it's the holiday that they're celebrating during the season, or it's 
the home that they're going home to, you have to make sure that you as the teacher are understanding of the varying backgrounds of your students. By the way, if you are interested in getting in on any of these conversations, you can totally join our free Facebook group where we'd love to see you um, or follow us on Instagram. Uh, You can get both of those links in the show notes. That brings us to our second item on our don't list. Don't give students unstructured free time. This is such a personal pet peeve. (laughs) So true. I learned that the hard way. You think, okay, well, I can assign a project and I'll give them a class time and they'll be able to work through it and they're distracted anyway and I'll bring in, you know, whatever the music, a background, something. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't work. I know from experience, take it right. from me. It's not a good choice. Just take and- advantage of it. They run with it. They hardly accomplish anything and it really just sets you back a day or two. And even that, um, you're talking about allowing students to theoretically use their time wisely for something that is an upcoming deadline, right? Work on a project that will be due after break while celebrating a little bit with some background music, something like that. That's even more than some people Mm. do. Some people are kind of like, well, I'm not going to fight it. There's, there's no way that they're going to do anything. So might as well just kind of go with the flow. And I think that's in such a terrible message. It's so true. But when it comes to giving students that type of unstructured free time is you have to really consider what that means for you in the long term and how that's going to translate then to another upcoming holiday break or a couple of days off. How are they going to receive the day or the days before that time? And you're also making every other teacher's life at your school that much more difficult. Yes, I totally agree with that. (laughs) Because every student is going to come in to that next class and be like, but we didn't have to do anything in so-and-so's class. Right. I love that. And I'm like, well, I'm not them. (laughs) Sit down. Yes. Yes. I have absolutely said those exact same words. Um, I think that uh, allowing them to work on something that's due much later does make sense and is so practical if they had that kind of sense of maturity to actually implement it. But I think the deadlines are just so far away in their mind. There's so much time that nothing is going to motivate them. Oh, that's due in January. That's so far away. That's like next year. <laughs> Ooh, nice, Danielle. Great joke. <laughs> I, I actually had a student. My students are currently working on an essay right now. And when I said that it's not due before break, the one student wanted clarification. He's like, so it's due next year? And I'm like... Well, well, yes, as in I am going to have a, a deadline and check it. And at, yes, <laughs> there's no other way to deal with it. And the rest of the class just kind of looked at him like, well, if it's not due before break, how could it not be due after <laughs> either? I think he just really wanted you to tell your joke. It's due next year. That's what I think he was hoping yes, for. Yes. <laughs> and I, I just didn't want to nope. give in. Nope. <sighs> nice. So this leads us into our second do. And I think that this really goes, no matter what grade level you're teaching, no matter what your experience level is, acknowledge how your students are feeling, right? This is a universal feeling. Teachers, principals, students alike, people are all in this mood and whatever their future plans are is sort of not even relevant. They're just thinking about the the next thing that they have to do. And it's important to acknowledge that, but also in acknowledging that, recognize that now that moment has passed, we can move on and we can redirect our energies elsewhere. 
it's it's perfectly okay and valid to be excited or to be however it is that you are feeling right now. But we still have a task we need to get accomplished. Yeah, I think otherwise, by not acknowledging it, students are almost waiting. Well, when are we going to do? Yes. When are we going to do the holiday thing? Or when are we going to talk about this? Or or they just mm-hmm. have all their energies wait, you know, until the last two minutes, and then they just burst with their excitement. So I think by just acknowledging it, owning it, and then moving on. Yeah, the amount that you want to acknowledge it could just be addressing it at the beginning of class, or it could be something far more extreme where you're actually going to take whatever your lesson was going to be and kind of give it a holiday theme. Perfectly into our third do item. Of course, consider giving a planned lesson a holiday themed makeover. And I absolutely love that. I think that makes sense in different grade levels in different areas, but I think that it also Mm -hmm. just gives another element that maybe students aren't expecting, which I think could be kind of a fun twist. In my classroom, um, we use Elf on the Shelf, which seems very elementary, and it is in some ways, but right now we're learning the verb estar, which is a vocation verb, in addition to talking about your feelings, talking about where you are, right? So using this Elf on the Shelf, I give students sort of a, a funny reminder of their elementary school days where they had the elf on the shelf in different places in the classroom and whatever. But in doing so, they have to tell where the elf is, maybe even how the elf is feeling, depending on the emojis that I put around the elf. I do my best to be creative with it. That's so I'm using the same grammar structure. I'm using the same lesson Mm -hmm. that I've already created, but I just added another element to it. And students, they come in, they're like, okay, so there's that. Where is he? (laughs) And I love that. So it's it's just a fun thing. That's awesome. And if you guys listen to our episode with Haley Kane, she also spoke a little bit about how she sometimes is using her Teachers Pay Teachers store in order to make worksheets and lessons that really are effective because they connect back to that holiday theme in some way. So for those of you that are maybe not as creative as Nicole and couldn't come up with the idea of like elf on the shelf, because that's amazing. um, There are plenty of ways to find uh, inspiration for that holiday themed makeover. You don't have to do it all on your own. So true. Yeah. I saw recently she posted a Grinch graphing assignment. She has Mm -hmm. some elf shoes. I mean, it's adorable. And like you said, it's available for you and it's something that doesn't really take a whole lot of creativity on your end. We're leaning on Haley for this one. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So go check it out. So then that next don't that we have there, giving students Mm -hmm. some options that have nothing to do with the class. So in trying to restructure a lesson plan that you are already, it's already embedded in your curriculum, it's already embedded in your calendar, and giving it that holiday makeover is a great way to acknowledge this time of year. But Giving students options that are holiday themed or whatever that might be that has nothing to do with the class is just not adding to their learning. I remember as a student absolutely hating going into certain classes the day before breaks because I knew that there were just going to be like board games (laughs) on the desks and they had nothing to do with anything. I think the most educational one was Scrabble and I'm a word nerd. I love to play Scrabble, but it just felt like, what am I doing here? Why did I even come to school today? Hmm. Yeah, I feel that as well. Well, it also reminds me of the movie, right? It's nothing to do with the class, giving students opportunity to just chill out and to not be involved, mm-hmm. put their heads down, maybe even fall asleep. Yeah. And I think students pick up on that and it kind of sends the message that you're a little bit over this too. And that's not what we want them to be picking up on. Completely. 
And I think that actually goes hand in hand with don't just give them busy work because that's another thing that students sniff out instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm never a big fan of like a huge packet of kind of like work that they're just doing a seat without a whole lot of critical thinking that's going on behind it. But especially right before a break, don't give busy work. First of all, it's going to be impossible to keep them quiet. A hundred percent. All they want to do is talk about their holiday mm-hmm. plans. But also, they might even just blow it off, even if they regularly would have given it a chance, because they just don't have that kind of focus mm-hmm, at this time. Mm-hmm. Completely. So, Danielle, I love the way that you combat this, the busy work, and you give them a real mission. Yes. Tell that, us about that. That is my favorite thing. Yeah. So, on the days right before break, I really, really like to use that time for either some sort of like extension type activity, some sort of cumulative review type activity. Um, But I want to make sure that they're working in groups in order to do it. I'm not going to try to stand in front of the classroom and go over a whole bunch of new stuff because that's not going to be effective. They're not going to remember it by the time we get back. So I'm going to have to recap it all anyway. So using that time to either go a little bit further or deeper with something we've already done has been the most effective and letting them do it in groups to kind of channel that excess energy that they've got going has been great. Um, My favorite things to do have been either group contests and then if you're doing it during this time of year that allows you to give like little gifts to the winning group so that way you didn't have to purchase a whole lot of whatever it is plus the students are just motivated because they want to beat their friends (laughs) they really enjoy beating their (laughs) friends um and I've actually used uh escape rooms really effectively on these Uh, those are like blowing up everywhere on teachers pay teachers and so many blogs escape Mm -hmm. rooms for everything yes So whether it's an escape room that goes deeper into um, kind of like puzzles that relate back to the author's life or something that they may not have realized about the themes or word choice in the text, um, the escape rooms tend to be really good contests because you can catch up to other groups really, really quickly. And it makes sure that everybody kind of stays active, stays involved. Um, I would actually set up all of my desks into like little pods the first time that I'm doing this. So that way the students don't know exactly what they're doing when they come in. I just tell them, pick your seat wisely. (laughs) And from there, they are even like more energized and kind of like intrigued by what will come next. And this has been a fabulous way to spend our time before big. I love that. And I also love your idea about having group work as a way to engage students in working with their friends. They're chatty, chatty, chatty as it is, but having a a Mm -hmm. like-minded mission or having a mission that we're all working towards is really effective. I have had students who have gotten so competitive with that escape room that they are like trying to, they're like, well, wait, but, but a few more minutes, we only need a few more minutes. Can we send you the answer? <laughs> like they get, they get really, really like invested. And it's just fantastic to see that because if this time of year, their minds are elsewhere, at least for those 40 minutes there in my classroom, they are back on track, still thinking about literature, maybe not in the way that we do every other day of the year, but still in a way that is helpful and you know, they're practicing all of those soft skills too, 
with so socialization, um, teamwork. So Danielle, do you tell them, for example, like, I know how we're all feeling. I acknowledge this feeling. And then mm -hmm. do you actually explicitly tell those students, like, this is why we're doing this activity? Or do you just kind of let it be? I will say at the beginning of class that I know that this time of the year, there is so much excitement and energy in the room that our best way of making sure that we use it for yes. good <laughs> is to channel it. And I think a fun way to do it is through an escape room. And that's usually how I introduce it. And then I have um, it projected on the board as I'm like talking about it. I bet students respond so that's well to that. That's the why. Students want to know why all the time. Yeah. And if you don't explain, you know, here we're doing this kind of wacky activity. And if you're not familiar with it, or maybe it's your first time doing it, what's the reason, you know, give me, give me some right. indication as to why we're doing this from a student perspective. And that makes so much sense. You're honest with them. I know that's part of your... Yeah your whole MO. You love being honest with your kids and helping them find I do. the true value in what you're teaching. And I think that goes a long way. Yeah. And I think it makes them trust yes, you more. For sure. Makes them trust you more. And it does make them see you as more of a person because I will include myself in, I'm excited about yeah. this too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, we are all looking forward to this break um, and to make them feel like we're on the same team and on the same page. I think no matter what time of the year, is a great message to send. 100%. So Danielle, this whole conversation that we've been having today, all about the excitement around breaks and all that we can do in our classrooms, reminds me of a blog post that I read recently from More English. You can find her at more-english.com. And she has this great blog post that is coping with classroom chaos. And I believe the blog title is Entropy is Not Destiny. She says that ideal systems do not exist, right? So like many physics problems, they're not theoretical or hypothetical. For this reason, avoid focusing on achieving perfection and instead focus on achieving entropy. So try your best to acknowledge what's going on in your classroom, acknowledge the changes, the chaos, and figure out how you as a teacher can adapt to this and to find the ways that you can make the best of the situation and using tactics like we've discussed, I think is a really great way, a great step towards finding that better balance in your classroom. Yeah. That whole concept of anticipate that it's going to be a little bit more chaotic than normal, but it's also okay. <laughs> it's a great thing to kind of keep in mind. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. And we'll, we'll link to that blog post in the show notes. Sounds great. All right, Danielle. And this reminds right. us that next week, which is the week of the Christmas holiday, we are going to be taking a little break and we will be back on the podcast uh, the following Thursday, which will be January 3rd. And we have a very exciting guest to share. Yep. So in the new year, you can expect more interviews from other inspiring educators and even more tips for what to do in your classroom that's working in ours right now. So excited to be able to bring you the how and why that make classrooms work. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we'll see you all in the new year. Sounds great. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.